and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. It is 2.40 in the morning on Friday morning. Uh, it's been a long day. Um, I'm in Phoenix. Band McMahon. Hadn't seen you in a long time, buddy. Right down the Band hallway McMahon. from you, bud. Dan McMahon is, is with me in Phoenix. Also, it's 1140 here. Don't try to get that East Coast credit. Only Jackson, right. producer, can claim that. Jackson, yeah, Jackson, above, Jackson gets a big, big, uh, big props today. Above and beyond. Um, Tim Bontemps is joining us from the West Coast as well. He's in San Jose, California. That's correct. Hello, fellas. So, um, as you may know, ESPN Baxter Holmes had a story that came out uh, Thursday about Robert Sarver it is I've had a strange role in this because um, I've been shadowing the Suns for off and on for two weeks waiting for this story to come out um, I was with them in Portland for a, a little while I was with them in Phoenix for days on end the story wasn't coming out I would go to practice every day I would go to games Everybody there knew the story was coming and um, I hadn't been told what was in it. I was just waiting and then I got sent home and then I got sent back out here. Um, and so the story came out today. There's a lot of accusations in the story. It's a very long story. Baxter worked on it for a very long time, over a year. I think I don't even, I haven't even talked to him about how long he worked on it. Um, and the reason I was here, McMahon was actually here working on a different story. I was just here coincidentally. I know um, the Rockets were here. McMahon's Rockets. I don't know how much time you're going to see the Rockets. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I saw him in Dallas uh, a couple weeks ago and saw him now and we'll, we'll see him down the road. I'll be it for a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll see him down the road. <laughs> I got uh, while I was here covering the story, I got the full Jalen Green experience uh, watching him in this game um, that they played tonight. But um, so uh this is obviously a heavy thing for the NBA. It's not a good time. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's, and that was the thing, like uh, being around the Suns, even before we talk about what happened today, being around the Suns, they were stressed out. They were stressed out. You know, they weren't playing well at the beginning of the season. They've had a very friendly homestand right now. And so they've gotten some wins. Um, uh, so they're, but they're still not playing great. And, um, you know, they were, they were just stressed out about it. And, and frankly, my presence being there, I don't think helped um, because it was a reminder that in addition to the fact they weren't playing that great. And then Aiton got hurt and um, missed some time. Um, After not getting his contract done, which is kind of yeah, something hanging was, over them. I was there right after that. And um, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody where I was, by the way. I like, I mean, obviously the Suns knew because I showed up. But like, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody what I was doing. Like I was doing podcasts from like, I did podcasts from Phoenix last week and I wasn't able to say, I didn't say where I was because I was just w- waiting for the story. Um, and it, it, I've never experienced, this is, you know, 19, 20 years into covering the NBA. I've never experienced anything like this. And so it's, it's not a happy time. Um, and the story is the story. I mean, I encourage you to read it. I, I don't want to go over it ad nauseum here, but I was going to say that, um, uh, in the, you know, in the arena tonight, McMahon, there was no indication that anything happened. Well, other, other than Sarver's courtside seats being empty. 
that was perhaps the only indication. But no, there was no, there was not any kind of fan, you know, reaction, outrage, nothing along those lines. Um, you know, the the Monty Monty Williams pregame press conference obviously was dominated by that. Uh, so was the postgame press conference, which was a uh, you know Chris Paul. I don't and- think I don't think there was one question uh, to Chris Paul and Devin Booker that even involved the game that they played. Nor, nor should there have been. Okay, great. You beat you beat the Rockets. In the grand scheme of things, who cares? Um, and the the, the general uh, the general reaction from you know the the. Sun's basketball leaders, the head coach and their two stars, was essentially, hey, we need to focus on basketball. The NBA is doing its investigation. We will wait for those results or the conclusions and, and deal with the fallout. But essentially they said, you know, we don't want to focus on this. We don't want to have to, you know, to, to have this yeah, weigh they, us they, down. Uh, they... They absolutely punted. Yeah. Right, Bontemps. They, 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 I mean, I'm not expecting them to have omni- omniscient. Like, I don't, I know they don't necessarily know what Robert Sarver said. And I, I'm not expecting them to come out and, and, you know, rip their owner. But well, what they, they didn't said, do was say Robert Sarver has to go. That's what they didn't do. Yeah. Well, they did. Hey, they, they didn't. I, I they didn't. I wasn't didn't, expecting I'm not, that. And I, no, 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 no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they should have said that. I'm not saying anyone should have expected that, but that's what they didn't. I would say no. by saying we're going to wait to see what the investigation is, they said we're going to wait. They didn't say yeah. something has to happen today. That's now, they, they also did not, uh, you know, like put up a fight and, you know, hey, you know, we believe Roberts. They, there was none of that. There was none of that. Yeah. It was just, um, they, you know, we're going to wait and see. No, no. I, I, no. They didn't condemn the use of that word. They didn't condemn the concept that anybody who uses that word um, faces uh, no place in the NBA. They didn't show empathy for many of their coworkers within the Suns organization, regardless of whose fault it was. They, they, they didn't do anything. They lined up, punted the ball to, to, to the law firm in New York city and said, we'll see in three months. And frankly, With the speed of the investigation, I mean, I was talking to an NBA GM today, and he's like, "How does the NBA have room for all these investigations? They're going to have to push, <laughs> push the tampering investigation." Hey, sc- scoot over, guys! We got to bring in another set of people for the investigation. Yeah, the the um, the, the picks that are given up in that uh, in that investigation will have to be like 2042 by the time <laughs> it's concluded. So, and look, I, you know, all I'm going to say is this: right now, how many head coaches? have more capital than Monty Williams. Greg Popovich, Eric Spolstra. I don't even know if Eric Spolstra has capital because in a matter in, you know, in, in, you know, as much capital as Monty in, in term on this topic. Yeah. Um, who else, who, who else has more capital than Monty Williams? So what Monty said to come out of this game before the game was going to set the tone for the entire way this organization was going to handle this. And at least in the interim, because we know the NBA said they're going to have a, have a uh, investigation, but what Monty did before the game was going to set the tone for how the whole Phoenix suns and frankly, the whole NBA 
in my view, was going to handle this. Yep. Um, and I, by the way, if he, he doesn't know, he's looking at it in, in, in many cases that he said, he said, he said, she said situation. And even though there's people on the record in, in certain cases in the story, um, I'm not expecting him to come out and condemn someone he doesn't know, know everything. But I really thought that I really wondered and was thinking that if there was an opportunity to set a tone and set a standard for what's going to be acceptable, regardless of what Sarver may have or have not done, that was the moment to do it in. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Devin was listening to Monty before the game. I don't know if he was seeing it on Twitter or if he was watching the feed or whatever, but he had an opportunity to set a tone for the way his players were going to say it. And for a guy like Monty in that moment, um, who could really have, you know, taken this and, and run with it. I was interested the fact that he decided to pass on that. Um, I wonder, so here's what I think, Bontemps, I'll say if you agree with me. In the world where Donald Sterling was on tape and Bruce Levinson, who had to sell the Atlanta Hawks because of an email, there was an email. And John Gruden, there were emails. And... Uh, who am I forgetting recently that got busted with audio or video or something? The standard for this is just, is just higher now. And maybe that's, maybe that's good that you, the standard is higher. But I also think that um, there's a fatigue from this to a certain extent too. Um, and um, so I don't know what's going to happen now. I don't, I don't know if the NBA will get to this investigation before the end of the season. I don't, I, this may be the last we hear of it because the Suns and Chris Paul said this after the game, Chris Paul said, uh, we're going to let the NBA work and we're going to focus on basketball. And I'm sure all the Suns fans were thrilled to hear that, or at least a lot of them. But um, uh, I don't know, you know, because of what we've seen in the NBA in the last decade, maybe the standard Bontemps is, is just different on this one. Well, I think, I think when when Monty Williams said before the game that, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing, but I, I think it was uh, the facts need to be clear or we need to see what the facts. I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but I, I think it, essentially it was we need to see what the facts are here after the investigation. And I think to your point, the difference 
the difference between the Bruce Levinson situation and the Donald Sterling situation in this situation is that there was hard documented evidence that you could look at in the John Gruden situation of these things are on a piece of paper that you can read or they're on a video that you can watch. Right. And right now that doesn't exist. And I think it's difficult for these guys who are a basketball coach and basketball players to then, you know, stand up and make a pronouncement about this when there isn't that sort of hard evidence in front of them. And I think that's why they were saying we need to wait and see um, what this investigation is going to portend. If we get down the road and there is videos or audio or documentary evidence that this stuff happened, um, then I think things will shift and probably shift quickly. But, you know, I, I was at the press conference when uh, Adam Silver banned Donald Sterling in New York seven years ago. And like once those videos came out with Donald Sterling in it, that thing was a wrap. Right. So and that McMahon, that I think yeah. is the difference here. McMahon, um, you asked Devin Booker after the game, a very interesting question. I wonder if you could. Um... Yeah. So the, the one thing that like there's a lot of sources, there are a lot of people who understandably because they're concerned about their career and they are not financially secure were not willing to put their name on the the allegations against Sarver. Earl Watson was. Earl Watson very clearly was released a statement through the Raptors where his assistant coach again uh, today, you know, basically, you know, standing up again um, and Donald, or uh, I was going to say Donald Sarver, uh, Robert Sarver's reaction uh, to the allegations made by uh, Earl Watson, which, you know, the lead scene of the story is Sarver repeatedly saying the N-word despite Watson telling him, you can't do that. Um, you know, one of the statements, he, he said that, Earl Watson was not a credible was not a credible source. So I asked Devin Booker, who played for Earl Watson. Well, that's not exactly what he said. He he said um, we don't know what the facts are. So sort of inherently, what he's saying is I don't see that as a fact. I see that as a as something that is not. Who Sarver? That's a direct oh. quote. He said not a credible source. Oh, he, so I'm I, sorry. I thought you were talking about Booker. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. And so I asked Devin Booker. I said, you know Earl Watson very well. Do you consider he was him? His coach, he was his coach for two plus years. Right, and, and was on the staff before that. I said, do you consider him credible? And he said, Earl, yeah, that's my guy. That's, he, he vouched for Earl Watson's right. character. And, and just to be clear, to go back to what I was saying, I, I am in no way uh, questioning what's in Baxter's story. I was simply talking from the standpoint of how those guys are approaching it in terms of what they're saying. You know, honestly, my, my read now, one thing I, I do disagree with you on, Wendy, is you're assuming the players are following Monty Williams lead. I think this was a collective decision on how they were going to approach this. You know, as you, as you know, very well, they've had weeks to prepare for this. I am quite certain that Monty Williams has had multiple conversations with, uh, with, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I, I think this was a collective decision um, with those guys and, and you know likely others, but at least with those guys on what approach they were going to take. And, and kind of the message 
the the read between the lines message that I got from tonight was them basically saying we're not going to let this dude's problems ruin our season. Now you know you can you can discuss or or you know criticize if you want that being their approach, but that's kind of the you know the the read between the lines message that I got from their reactions it was basically they were like look. We're a damn good team, and that's what Chris got, Paul said. Chris Paul said we're a good pro- team. He actually said it. we're a solid team, but yeah. I think he meant very good. But essentially, Robert well, he meant solidly, and he meant they're not ruining, he, they're not ruining our season. Was kind of well, what I got from it, right? And he meant solidly together too, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. to McMahon's and, point, and I agree they that were, they are. They are. And to McMahon's point, I think they were solidly together on this. And again, I think it for these guys. I think for them to say. We got to see where the investigation goes, I think, especially in light of the stuff with John Gruden and the the past instance. Remember, Chris Paul was at the center of the Donald Sterling situation, right? There's anybody who knows what it's like to be in the middle of this kind of thing. It's Chris Paul. And yeah. so I think from from their standpoint, I I, you know, like McMahon said earlier there, I there was not a lot of un, there was no like. You know, this guy's great and we're fully behind yeah. him. It was like, we're going to wait and see. And if stuff comes out where you can, you can listen to an audio tape or see a videotape and things are said, I think that this will shift in a different direction in a hurry. But I, that, I, think, I think it was, that's why they I think wait. it was, I would term it hear no evil, see no evil. Yeah, like that's what I, I, I think, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, but the other thing Booker said. He's talking about money. He's talking about how great he is at like managing situations, keeping people focused, blah, blah, blah. He said, we're sticking behind him. We're going to keep playing hard for him and winning basketball games. And kind of what I read there is basically, hey, you know, we're, we're sticking behind Monty Williams. We're sticking together as a group and to hell with Robert Sarver. Yeah, I, I just I just thought I, it was an opportunity for them to condemn the concept just to make sure that that was clear. Yeah. I, I don't think they had any, um, any desire whatsoever to make a strong statement tonight. They, you know, for better or worse, as Chris Paul said, they just want to hoop. That is what he said. Um, and you know, the, the tone was set for me. The story came out at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. here in Phoenix. This afternoon, um, should have been like, you know, maybe early evening in the, on the East Coast, uh, the, the, the Players Association came out with a, with a statement. And that statement, and I mean, I know that Chris Paul isn't yeah. uh, on the Players He's not the um, Players Association uh, president anymore. But uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> he didn't retire from it uh from from, he he still has all the phone numbers he needs yeah and you know michelle roberts is still running the players association for the time being and so um their statement was we are continuing to review the allegations in today's espn story we view these allegations as serious and applaud the league's decision to conduct an investigation we will defer any further comments until that process has been concluded. That was the indication that there was an alignment mm-hmm. on how the 
the players were going to handle this, which again, in my opinion, was you know just getting punt formation, and you know you could bring in. Well, let's let's call it four. Let's call it four corners offense. I feel like we need a good basketball analogy. Okay, um, maybe that's fine. Um, you don't want so, to talk football because your your Browns have a lot of issues right now, so you yeah. don't want to get into. Well, football. that's the thing between you know. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on in sports that don't involve the game, which you guys know that I don't like. So I guess before we go, we should talk a little bit about the game. Um, so tonight, um, Boston got a huge win in Miami. Uh, they had some controversy earlier this week um, with um, comments that Marcus Smart made, uh, basically about Jalen Brown not passing the ball, I think is how I could, with that how you would classify it, Bontemps. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart have been going back and forth for quite a long period of time now, and this was the latest round of it. And uh, the Celtics had just given up a 39 to 11 fourth quarter, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have not been uh, passing the ball all that great. Um, and it's been something the team has been talking about since the start of training camp. And so Marcus Smart, who is known to uh, speak his mind at times, decided to uh, unload a bit after the game, uh, which uh, led to some uh, tension, I would say, is one way to put it. And so, um, you know, but to the Celtics credit, they filed that up. They got a win in Orlando yesterday, and then they went to Miami on the second half of back-to-back to play all-star in the making, Tyler Hero, in the eyes of one <laughs> of our panelists. And uh <laughs> I don't believe I Miami ever Heat. said. I don't believe I, I ever one said of our, I said one of our panelists. I didn't say which one. Oh, okay. And uh, and I, I might have got a little swept up in the Tyler Hero experience. Well, a little when bit they came through Dallas that night. Now listen, he, he was a sweet playing, minus thirty-two tonight. Listen, the Heat were playing better than anybody in the league, and then coming yeah. into today, they got their doors blown off in the second quarter, thirty-five to nine quarter, and the Celtics get a huge win. And this is the funny thing about the first couple weeks of the season, right? The Celtics on Monday. They blow this lead. They're two and five, and they had one epic fourth quarter collapse and two losses in double overtime. They win those three games. They're five and two, as, and everything is fine. Now, 72 hours later, they're, they've gotten back-to-back wins on the road. They get this win over the Heat. We're playing better than anybody in the league. And now things are looking good again, even though Jason Tatum is shooting 37% from the field. That's the, he's having the worst start of his career, right? Like <laughs> that's the, this NBA. is, this is the NBA regular season. It's just, this is, this is what uh, you do. I will say that, um, you know, the heat came in uh, with the best bench in the league through the first two and a half weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. And um, Tyler hero, like had the most points in NBA history off the bench for the first seven games. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics bench outscored the heat's bench 45 to 12. <laughs> yeah. And Kyle uh, Lowry sprained his ankle too. So r- rough one for the heat who looked like an absolute juggernaut when they, when I saw him in Dallas the night. Well, and, and really still good. very well could be. Um, it seems like Kyle's ankle's not going to be too bad. Hey, going to the other coast. Um, I do have good news for the Lakers. <laughs> they are very unlikely to see uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder in the play-in tournament. <laughs> I, I, Boy, I, I think I think there's some shade thrown on there. No, I think several. No, I think I think the Lakers will probably have to. You know, I think they'll get uh, another team. They can't beat OKC. They're, they're Oklahoma 0-1. City Thunder two and zero against the Lakers. Zero and six against the other twenty-eight NBA teams. Yeah, and um, they overcame so, a twenty-six point. 
deficit in one and a 19 point deficit in the other. And Russ had royal meltdowns in, in both. Now, you know, LeBron uh, didn't play either and blah, blah, blah. Let's, the, let's not, let's set that aside. The Lakers but lost what, to the I mean, Oklahoma it, yeah. City Thunder at home. Let's relax with LeBron didn't yeah. play. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I, I hope Russ felt that uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander was, was within his rights to celebrate when he drilled a shot from the logo in crunch time. <laughs> Well, um, I was watching. I, I, I was watching I hope that, game that in, I hope that didn't violate any unwritten rules. I was watching that game in real time, and I I gasped when oh Shea pulled up. I was like, "Whoa!" No, <laughs> I, I was, said, "Whoa!" I, I was watching that on my phone during the like fifty minutes that we waited for the uh, Suns players to podium. <laughs> that was a wild. That was a wild sequence at the end of the game. But look, I mean, in all seriousness, the concern here, if you're the Lakers, is that the the appeal. We were told in training for Russell Westbrook was that it would take some pressure off LeBron during the regular season. And you'd have this guy who was a floor raiser who would help you get through these stretches of the season when LeBron would have inevitably have to miss some time. Now he's in his 19th year, right? And you're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. And Westbrook, as you said, McMahon, has an epic turnover, a epic runaway from his guy and then a terrible three-point shot in the final 30 seconds and, to lose a game to one of the worst teams. Yeah, and, and, and don't yeah, – this wasn't well, you know, they kind of – no. They just got beat by OKC a yes, week ago. Yes, they did. And, and it was, wait, wait, wait till we see you next week. You That's dunking, right. You dunking at the end of the game. Wait till we see you next week. We're going to be we gonna be ready. <laughs> you, you, you were ready, all right. They were and ready to the way, blow the lead. By the way. They were a Kevin Porter three rimming in and out away from losing to the Rockets the other well, night just, too. Let's just remember, they they snuck into overtime and beat the Spurs. They were a John ja Morant missed free throw away from overtime in that game. You mentioned the Rockets game. I mean, this has not exactly been a rip-roaring start to the season against a pretty soft stretch of the schedule. So well, it's it, yes, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see what happens in L.A. You guys know what I've self-imposed the rule. I'm not going to judge Lakers until Christmas. In fact, I'm going to even amend that rule. I'm going to oh, start wow. saying I'm not going to judge the Lakers until at least Christmas. I'm well, reserving the right to give me the, my evaluation. give me the damn gavel. Then I'll judge them right now. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> let me just say that. But one thing I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about these LeBron injuries because yes, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, he got run over and he fell and it was a hard fall, but I didn't. And then he left the game the other night against Houston. I, I don't see how he would have injured his abdominal on that play. Well, now our, now our colleague, David Gunnaman is reported. He's out at least a week. Well, that was a good report. But that makes me worried. <laughs> yes. Um, at least a week doesn't mean a week. And, right. you know, uh, it means week to week. I'm not a, um, not a physiotherapist, but I, I can't know, the groin, spell it. The groin injury <laughs> that he, that he suffered a couple of years ago, you know, he, it just took him a while to get back from that. And, you know, abdominal is not the exact same, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a muscle injury. And well, it's it's, just this is just a reminder. This is just a reminder 
that LeBron James is going to be 37 in several weeks and is in his 19th NBA season and has played a billion games and a billion minutes. And, you know, it's just. And has carried teams that entire yes. time. I mean, these yes. are hard yes. miles. Yes. Well, I, was talking so to like, a, I was talking to a veteran NBA person today and he made a really good point. He was saying that you know, people talk about the Lakers being old, but really what it comes down to is LeBron. If LeBron plays young, then he makes everybody around him seem younger. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, although Mello looks you know, like say, he's 26. Me- <laughs> um, but, you know, LeBron has that ability. He makes young players look older and good old players look younger. I mean, you know. Uh, Ru- Ru- Russ looks like he's 19 with some of the decisions he's making, some of the turnovers <laughs> he's making. I mean, golly. Yeah. Uh, my gosh. You know, you know, I say about how you lose in the NBA with young guards, but who boy, the Houston Rockets and those young guards tonight, who boy, <laughs> Kevin Porter yeah. Jr. And, and Jalen Green were just like, let's just give the ball to, to hey, their, their, their old gonna... guard led the team in, in turnovers, though. Eric Gordon had the most turnovers on the team, but no, yeah, they, I, I know, and, the, but... and, the, and the Rockets turnovers tend to essentially be outlet passes for the other team. Yes, that anyway, is also, that's not the, that is that's also true. I'm just worried. I mean, I know this is hardly a hot take. I'm just worried about LeBron's health, you know, because none of it matters. It doesn't matter who your wing defenders are. It doesn't matter, you know, what Russell Westbrook's assist to turnover ratio is. I mean, that stuff is not, it's not that that stuff isn't important, but what matters is whether LeBron James is LeBron James. And because you you need peak LeBron to overcome the fit flaws. You don't even need peak LeBron. You just need LeBron to be able to go to peak LeBron. You yeah. know, he, he definitely picks his spots, certainly early in the season. You need that gear to be there. Well, and, and look, look, it's not. That, it's that not gear a, wasn't there in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they very much during the playoffs. They, I mean, they're going to have to win on the road twice just to get into the playoffs, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Boy, well, you and, are you are really going hard on this. Well, and now no, I've got, got him. I've got him in the play, in at least. <laughs> well, and now you've got Anthony Davis who banged up his thumb tonight and got asked if he's going to yeah. play on Saturday in Portland. I wasn't sure. And by the way, that also sets up a sneaky, important game in Portland on Saturday. Uh, Blazers are hosting Indiana on Friday. And then they play the Lakers on Saturday. They just lost three in a row on the road. Uh, on this, they just came through the East Coast. I saw them in Philly on Monday. No Joel Embiid, no Tobias Harris. They lose to the Sixers. Then they lose in Cleveland to the Cavs. Dame looks like the Monstars took his powers and kept them from the mm. Space Jam movie. He uh, cannot make a shot. Um, you know, it's going to be Can a say pretty interesting Dame, game. Dame also could not make a shot in Tokyo. Yeah. He shot. I know. Um, that's like, what I'm saying. He, had, he did the Space Jam movie. They took his powers and never gave him back. Well, he, he filmed Space Jam two years ago, but I, I like it's a it's a funny it's a funny line. I mean, the movie um, came out. So. That's right. That's a fair point. Um, hey, I will say this: I'm higher on the Lakers than the other LA team. The Clippers have won two straight, but when when they were one and four, I was I was just about ready to declare that they were going to be sending the number one overall pick to OKC. <laughs> OKC is going to get was going to get, and it still might happen. Number one and number two. The Oklahoma City Thunders draft. Well, I got news for you. The Houston Rockets are going to have something to say about that. 
because <laughs> so will the Detroit I, Pistons, so will so, the Orlando so will, Magic, so will, so will the Thunder. There's going to be a lot of teams. And, and listen, let's that. not let's not count out old Zion's Pelicans. Zion's for now Pelicans. Um, I'm Oof. I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm the Rockets have all these young guys. You know, some of them are going to work out. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Well, look, the Rockets yeah, and, have and four. They, and the Rockets have four teenage first-round picks on their team this year. Like they've got I talented know. guys. They're just guns. They're super like, young, and they're going to lose it, a ton of games. It's we've it's, been saying it's this actually, since July. I know, but it's just today I saw them play in person, and it's just it's wild to see those dudes like do their thing. Jalen Green and <laughs> Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. playing together is a recipe to lose sixty-plus games. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Green could be a superstar in a couple of years, but like that's. Yeah. You're playing with two super young guards. You're going to lose a ton of basketball games. That's well, just how and, it goes. And they started a 19-year-old at center. Right. <laughs> right. They're starting out pairing Shingoon, too. They're playing Christopher off the bench. Like, they, they're playing all these 19-year-olds. That's what they should be doing. You know? Yes, I know. I know. Um, but it's how you I lose just, a lot of games. I just think, um, you know, they were already managing LeBron's ankle. Right? He 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 is missing some time because his ankle. I mean, we are in the first week of November and LeBron's got an abdominal injury and, and, a, and, a, and a, an ankle injury uh, that and he already me sat is, out a couple games. Yeah. He just already sat out a couple games and I he's mean, got a, he's, he's got a headache after watching Russ play today. <laughs> that was, that was a rough way to lose, man. Whew. That was a rough way to lose. I mean, you know, people are going to remember the fact that he had a fast break opportunity to tie the game and the ball shot off of his hand. Like it was, like it was like a out skillet. of a cannon. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was but, like he threw yeah, it. That, that ball landed so high in the crowd. It didn't even hit anybody famous. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the next defensive possession. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> they like for some reason, like they I think I, Russ had to be uh, freelancing. I mean, I realized no, that he Lou absolutely Dort, was. He was on Lou Dort and he decided hmm, the balls. It was like. The, you know, the, the ball was like there. it was like a seven-year-old soccer match they just yes. all run to the ball <laughs> and then, and, oh whoops that's the guy that's supposed to be guarding wow he's dunking it to kind of end the game right now Oops. and by the 
And by the way, I continue to be amazed that Austin Reeves is playing the fourth or fifth most minutes on the Los Angeles Lakers when no one in the NBA knew who Austin Reeves was six weeks ago. Hillbilly Kobe. It's, it's a great nickname. I, I mean, it's, but, it is I a mean, great nickname, but he, and he is deservedly, by the way, deservedly playing yeah, the fourth or yeah. fifth most minutes. I, he has played well, but like that's he, the situation he's that in a, we're in here. If you're the in Lakers. A, He's in a two-way spot, right? He didn't promote him yet. He's still no. They, right? they. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to double check oh, they, this. Yeah, they, they did, converted him. They converted him right. Uh, right at the start of training camp. That's right. I was going to say, like, and, and this is not a commentary on Avery Bradley. I, I recognize Avery Bradley as a quality player, and he's playing well for them. But like, I mean, do we recognize Avery Bradley as a quality player? Well, what are we, look, what are we talking say about? He got cut in training didn't. camp by the Warriors, and he's starting because <laughs> they have no one else to play. I know, but like. He was getting in the first game, they claimed him like 48 hours prior and he was getting fourth quarter minutes on opening night. Yes, that's right. Not good. <laughs> that's what like, we we're talking like, about. Like, when, that's when, what when we're did, talking about. <laughs> when did he get his 20 trillion box score? 20 minutes and no, no stats. Was that? It was, it was first week of the season. I can check right here. I'll tell you in a second. Uh, <laughs> It was, oh he oh he got he played two minutes only it was the next game he he uh he played twenty one minutes against Phoenix and missed three shots they got two fouls he did nothing else well so it wasn't not quite a, a not quite a trillion not quite but, a trillion uh, but close your point is your point is is understood so I mean um, look the Lakers just it's like we talked about coming in the season right the Lakers were not they they were going to be they needed LeBron to be great and they needed some of these depth guys to step up. And Kendrick Nunn has been hurt, hasn't played. He would help him a little bit. Trevor Reza's out indefinitely. Talon Horton Tucker's out indefinitely. He seems like and, he might be getting closer. Well, that's good. I mean, they need him. But, I mean, yeah. you know, they're they're flailing around. I mean, look, Carmelo, God bless Carmelo. He has been awesome. I mean, he almost single-handedly yeah. won them that game today. I mean, he's shooting over yeah. 50% from three for the season. He has yeah. been fantastic for them. I mean, yeah. they, they'd probably lost three of these games they've won without him. I mean, they could be in a real mess. So, and he's probably not going to shoot 52% from three all season. So like, yeah, I mean, you know, the Lakers are uh, going to, Lakers are going to be in the playoffs, but let's, I'm not going to quite in be McMahon's category. In the, in, you think they can win two games on the road? <laughs> <laughs> he's well, not just know, calling the play in game. He's calling them 10th. I mean, the, the funny thing to, I mean, the funny thing is like, I mean, we kind of alluded to it before, but you look at these standings and you know, like right now, it's it's obviously two weeks into the season, but you know, Milwaukee's four and four and has a thousand injuries. Boston, Boston and Atlanta wouldn't even be in the play-in right now in the East. And in the West, you know, the Pelicans are hoping to be in the mix. They're one and eight. You know, you've got uh you've got Memphis in fourth, you've got Denver, uh, you know in a playing spot right now. You've got Portland completely out of the playoffs. You've got like, the Mavs or who are the softest five and three on earth. They're five <laughs> and Ogans teams that were in the lottery last year. They played three playoff teams and lost by an average of 24 points. <laughs> but and let me just third. point out, let me just point out that the Ben Simmons less mm. Joel and bead banged up Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris out with the health, with COVID. And, health and safety. Seven and two, best well, record in the East. Best they Curry, have had best Curry in the league. Well, you, I'm glad you brought them up, Brian. I was in Philly for that game on Monday, and we were sitting in the media room, right, going out to the 
going out to the court at the start of the game. And Tobias Harris was warming up before the game and got taken off the court. And Joel was already not playing. Thought we were past that, but I guess not. Well, Joel was already playing, uh, already not playing. Tobias was out. Obviously, Ben is out. The Blazers were desperate for a win. It was like, oh, man, Blazers are going to, you know, Dame is going to ball rack the Sixers, win this game. Sixers come out. Seth Curry who's been fantastic. Use them as a ball rack and get back on. Oh, okay. I thought get back on, get back on track I, again. I, I, I thought you like were Kevin making a Draymond. I thought you were making a Draymond Green. Reference. No, like Kevin Herter used Seth Curry as a ball rack in Game Seven of the conference final, conference semifinals, and uh, went to the conference finals. But, uh, but Seth has been amazing for the Sixers. He won them that game on Monday. He had a huge shot at the end of Wednesday's game to beat the beat the Bulls when the Bulls made another late game comeback and. They've pulled off three wins this week with all these guys out. And, you know, I think the Sixers deserve a ton of credit. They've had all kinds of stuff going on with their team. Joel's been banged up from the first day of the season. The Ben Simmons drama has been there since the start of training camp. And, you know, they're one five minute collapse at the end of the fourth quarter away from being eight and one. And even still, they got the best record in the East and they're finding a way to patch this thing together. So I think Doc Rivers deserves a ton of credit and they're playing well. Only three and three plus seasons left to trade Ben Simmons. <laughs> All three right, years um, five months. We've we've tortured Jackson enough. Uh, it was good to see you, McMahon. It's good to see you, buddy. Oh, uh, thank you for listening so to the sweet. Hoop Collective. Thanks for listening <laughs> to the Hoop Collective podcast. Thanks to Jackson for apparently turning this around. Like the sun is about to rise. Uh, thanks to Bon Temps. Thanks for you to listen and uh, appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Hey, hey, Wendy, meet me in the hallway for a man hug. <laughs> That's a violation of protocol. Adios, amigos. Adios, amigos.